0: What's going on, everyone? This is Kevin Parr, the host of Rated Parr Reviews, and here is your movie news rundown for this Friday. Quentin Tarantino is getting ready to produce and direct his next very highly anticipated film that is going to be based on the Manson family murders uh, in the year 1969 in Los Angeles, and the first bit of casting, official casting news has just been announced... And in the film will be none other than Leonardo DiCaprio. caprio That's right, the two have not worked together since Django Unchained, and this will also be the first role that DiCaprio will play since him winning the Oscar for The Revenant. Um, There's no official title for the Tarantino film yet. Uh, The release date for the film will be August 9th, 2019. And the film is described from a a previous report that the story will focus on a male TV actor who has had one hit series and is looking for a way to get into the film business. Uh, His sidekick, who's also his stunt double, is looking for the same thing. The horrific murder of Sharon Tate and four of her friends by the Manson, the Charles Manson call to followers serves as a backdrop to the main story. So this is huge news. If you had to know anything about this project, all you had to know is Quentin Tarantino is directing, DiCaprio is starring, done. My money, you have it, don't need anything else. Um, he's also looking to possibly cast Margot Robbie in the role of Sharon Tate and is also rumored to be looking at roles for Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Holy crap, are you kidding me? If that's the cast that we're getting for this, this could be one of the best cast Tarantino films of all time. I mean, Jesus, that's a lot of talent in one movie. Um, This is huge news. Uh, It'll be interesting to see DiCaprio play kind of more of a straight man in this film, playing... Uh, Candy in Django Unchained, his role in that film was one of my favorite roles that he has ever done. Getting C. DiCaprio to play a villain was so delicious. That was the scrumptious piece of of acting that man turned out. And in this movie, it looks like he's going to be playing more of a straight man, more of a lead role. Uh, Still very interesting. I can't wait to see more of this film as it develops, but we've got a lead actor in the next Tarantino film, and I can't wait for this one. Moving right along with yet another director lead actor team up, Barry Jenkins, the director of the multiple Academy Award-winning film Moonlight, is going to be making a film with Black Panther star Chadwick Boseman in a script that Boseman also co-wrote called Expatriate. This is going to be an international thriller setting Boseman in the 1970s and it will center on a plane hijacking. Bozeman penned the feature with his writing partner, Logan Coles. Uh, the producers on the film are going to be Mark Platt and Adam Siegel, who also produce La La Land. That team up makes for a very exciting project. I mean, Chadwick Boseman will just be coming off Black Panther this year. Huge hype around him. Barry Jenkins, having just come off a huge Academy Award winning film, Moonlight, both. Talents are right center down the line to kick this right into the field goal of success. I mean, you got two extremely hot talents with people that will be just dying to know what their next projects are, and it looks like they're going to be working together. Not much uh, details have been released about the film. All we know is the premise and that Chadwick Boseman co-wrote the film. But this could be awesome. I mean, God, I, I mean, just... The, the work that these two guys have done are just so insanely great. I mean whenever you hear about two exciting talents teaming up like this you can't help but get excited and it looks like we're going to get another very awesome predominantly African American film with great talent, good scripts and a really good chance to show Bozeman's other talents as well besides just acting so if you guys are stoked on new films this is going to be one to look out for. With the Golden Globes having just ended, the award season is now fully underway. With Oscars are gonna be coming up soon. And one film that has been circulating the award circuit is the Margot Robbie-led movie I Tanya, which is pretty much the biopic for Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan, the famous victim in that incredibly weird and bizarre time in the 80s uh if you're not familiar with the tanya harding story you may be a little too young to know this but in the 80s figure skating championships uh was a very big deal at the time they were the usa were gonna go to the olympics tanya harding and nancy kerrigan were the two best of the best figure skating athletes at the time uh tanya harding didn't make it into the olympics one year Nancy Kerrigan did and then randomly she was kneecapped by a random assailant and she was taken out of the Olympics which led Tonya Harding to be able to enter the Olympics and then later it was found out that the people that did it were Tonya Harding's husband at the time and uh, she was then convicted for conspiring with them and was banned from figure skating afterwards, stripped of her national title. It was a huge, huge incident at the time. You could not get away with it. It was all over the news. I, Tonya is the story of Tanya Harding, her, you know, struggles growing up in a poor community uh, with an abusive mother, abusive husband, all these very awful negative things that, that have happened to her throughout her life and her kind of persevering going for the gold, going for greatness, but then along the way, getting a little bit too fucked up and making bad choices. Um, but no one's really heard from Nancy Kerrigan on the whole, on the movies, on all the award attention, everything that's going on, and she's finally been quoted about seeing the film, or lack thereof actually. Uh, she's been quoted from the Boston Globe saying, I really have nothing to say about it. I haven't seen anything, I haven't watched anything. I've been busy. I was at the National Figure Skating Championships this week, so I didn't watch the Golden Globes. I haven't seen the movie. I'm just busy living my life. As you say, I was the victim. Like, that's my role in this whole thing. That's it. It is weird, that's for sure. A bizarre thing. The whole thing was crazy, being that it's a story. So, she goes on to say they were making, they were talking about, or sorry, Tanya Harding said this in relation to the kneecapping incident that they were talking about skating and saying, well, maybe somebody should be taken out so Harding can make it. Uh, She said this, adding that she overheard the comments a month or two prior to the championships. Kerrigan went on to skate in the Winter Olympics and won silver, whereas Tardy Harding failed to place in the top three spots. Uh, And then Kerrigan was attacked. and It was traced back to Harding's ex-husband, Jeff Gilroy. The whole thing has been a bit of a controversy, the film I'm talking about, because In a lot of people's minds, you know, the film is great. It's one of my top of 2017. Great performances, really awesome style that the film was shot in. But at the end of the day, the film kind of glorifies an attacker that did or that may or may not have conspired to send someone to attack an innocent person. And I mean, the drama and the... The storytelling behind a person that's like that, no matter how interesting or, or whatever, at the end of the day, it's still kind of glorifying someone who has violent intentions and may not all be there. And the victim in the situation being Nancy Kerrigan kind of just further perpetuates her victim status and kind of leaves a bit of a sour taste in people's mouths. And, you know, I don't blame her. I mean, if... <laughs> I myself have been assaulted in my time, I've had a broken jaw from someone attacking me on the street, and lord knows if that person went on to get a movie deal about his life and it was surrounded around breaking a guy's jaw on the side of the street and then I see the movie in theaters and the stories being retold everywhere, that would kinda piss me off as well. So, I mean, I mean that's just that, I mean, good Nancy Kerrigan for not really giving much of a fuck, but... Yeah, it's good to know that she, you know, the whole thing is just kind of beneath her and she doesn't give it a fuck. A cyborg movie still in the works over at DC Entertainment? Uh, well, apparently to actor Joel Morton that's the case. The actor was recently quoted by Entertainment Tonight saying that, from what I understand, there will be a cyborg movie. It will be about him and I and about the family that he came from how he becomes a cyborg, etc., but from whence he came as well. I think it's very exciting. I think it's exciting because there aren't that many, if any, black superheroes. And in his case in particular, because there is no alias, because there is nothing for him to hide behind, and that he has to be who he is all the time. I think it's a great kind of allegory for what it means to be black in this country. For those of you who don't know, Joel Martin plays Cyborg's father in Justice League and is famously Charles Dyson in Terminator 2. Um, this is interesting because we there has been an updated slate for DC's films to come out. Um, the slate has changed multiple times, and if anyone listening to this has been trying to keep up to date with what the hell Warner Brothers and DC are up to these days, the slate seems to change every six months. I remember when they first announced the DC Cinematic Universe, their Green Lantern was in there, Cyborg, Flash, just everyone under the moon was going to be getting its own film. Recently, they've changed it a couple times, taking films out, adding new ones in. Apparently, there's going to be three different Harley Quinn movies being developed lots of chatter going back and forth but on their most recent updated slate the aforementioned cyborg movie was not in it but now we're being told by joe morton that it is still happening and you know the context of how they asked him and everything who knows maybe he wasn't even doesn't even know about the updated slate maybe you know, the last he knows that there was going to be a cyborg movie and just no one's given a call to say it's not happening anytime soon. But with DC having just changed their president, Kevin Sujahara was the old president of the film department for DC. And after Justice League bombed at the box office, he was let go. A lot of structure has changed inside the film studio since then with new people being promoted, other people being fired. And if they have any sense of just how the modern landscape of cinema is shaping. Female-led films are now going to be big. Marvel's Black Panther is coming out. It has sold the most pre-sale tickets of any Marvel movie to date. You know that's going to be a huge film. If they are smart, they are looking to the future and they are keeping Cyborg in their back pocket as their Black Panther, so to speak. They were the first ones to have a female-led superhero film with Wonder Woman smash hit. If they have any good sense, they will not forget about Cyborg. They, I bet you anything after Black Panther comes out, he will be included back on the modern slate. Mark my words. If anyone over there has any sense of, of seeing where the trends are going, they need an ethnic-led And not ethnic is the right word, but they need a superhero film led by someone who's not white. They just do. Whether that's African-American, Mexican. I mean, if you look at the landscape of DC characters, there are a lot of different ethnicities represented in that company. So, man, I just hope they they make a move and, and push that out sooner than later. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. That is it for today's movie news rundown. Please stay tuned as I will be making my opening this weekend list. We'll be doing a Netflix recommendation and starting off my first review of Oscar hopefuls with I, Tanya. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and stay tuned for more content. It is Friday, which means new movies are being released today, and I'm about to give you a list of the best ones you should check out this weekend in my What's Opening list. The Post is an American political thriller film directed and produced by Steven Spielberg and written by Liz Hanna and Josh Singer. Set in the early 1970s, the film stars Mel Streep, Tom Hanks, Sarah Paulson, Bob Odenkirk and many others, and it depicts the journalists from the Washington Post and the New York Times who published the Pentagon Papers classified documents regarding the covert involvement of the United States government during the Vietnam War. Principal photography began in New York City in May 2017, with the film premiering at the Museum in Washington, D.C. on December 14, 2017. Now a little history behind the production, Amy Pascal, who is a megastar producer who is currently heading Lucasfilm, successfully won a bid in October 2016 for the rights for the screenplay. In February 2017, Steven Spielberg had halted pre-production on the kidnapping of Edgardo Mortara after a casting setback and consequently opened his schedule to other potential films to direct. The following month, it was announced that Spielberg was in negotiations to direct and produce the film, with Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks in talk for the roles of Katherine Graham and Ben Bradley. The post is the first time that Spielberg, Streep, and Hanks have all worked together on one film. Spielberg read the screenplay and decided to direct the film as immediately as possible, citing that, when I read the first draft of the script, this wasn't something that could wait three years or two years. This was a story. I felt we needed to tell today. Spielberg elected to work on The Post while post-production work continued on his visual effects-heavy Ready Player One, a method he previously used during the concurrent productions of Schindler's List and Jurassic Park. Josh Singer was hired to rewrite the screenplay ten weeks before filming. As production commenced, various The New York Times figures who were associated with the Pentagon Papers case. Included James Greenfield, James Goodell, Alan Siegel, and Max Frankel objected to production plans for the filming of *The Post* because it does not emphasize the Times' role in breaking the story. Goodale, who was the Time, who was at the time the Times' in-house counsel, later called the film a good movie but bad history. The film began principal photography in May 2017. And on June 6th, it was announced that the project, retitled The Papers, would feature a cast including Alison Brie, Carrie Coon, David Cross, Bruce Greenwood, Tracy Letts, and a bunch of others. Uh, but on August 25th, the film's title reverted to the post. Spielberg finished the final cut of the film with the final sound mix also completed with the musical score a week later. The critics' response has also been huge for the film so far. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has an approval rating as of right now of 88%. The site's critical consensus reads, the post's period setting belies its bitingly timely themes brought compellingly to life by director Steven Spielberg and an outstanding ensemble cast. On Media Critic, which assigns a normalized rating to reviews, the film has a weighted average score of 83 out of 100 based on 49 critics inciting universal acclaim. Entertainment Weekly gave it a very positive review, comparing it favorably with previous journalist films such as All the President's Men and stating, Spielberg makes these crucial days in American history easy to follow, but if you look at the post next to something like All the President's Men, you see the difference between having a story passively explained to you and actively helping to untangle it. That's a small quibble with an urgent and impeccably acted film, but it's also difference between a very good movie and a great one. So this has a ton of accolades going into it. I mean, you got Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, Steven Spielberg with a very strong supporting cast. If you're someone who loves journalism movies, if you love someone who loves unsolving, uncovering a mystery, or just loves the Vietnam War and all the controversy that went around in that in American politics, definitely go and check this one out, guys. I highly recommend it. Paddington 2 is a live-action CGI animated comedy directed by Paul King and written by King and Simon Fernaby, based on the stories of the character Paddington Bear created by Michael Bond. It is the sequel to the 2014 film Paddington and is produced by Heyday Films and Studio Canal. The film stars Ben Whishaw as the voice of Paddington, with Hugh Bonneville, Sally Hawkins, Brendan Gleeson, Julie Walters. Uh, Peter Capaldi and Hugh Grant in the live-action roles. Principal photography began in October 2016 and ended in June 2017. The film has already been released uh, in November in the United Kingdom and on January 12th in the United States and has grossed $133 million worldwide so far. And this is before the release of it today in America and Canada. The film received universal acclaim with critics praising the direction, screenplay, and Hugh Grant's performance as Phoenix Buchanan. At the 71st British Academy Film Awards, it received three nominations, including Best British Film and Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Hugh Grant. Paddington 1 was a big, unexpected hit. Uh, it broke out. It's a very beloved character in in uh, the British community. It's also a, a very beloved character in fiction and and, uh, for children worldwide. And this film has been getting, again, very strong reviews across the board. It's a very fun, family-oriented film that's great for kids, fun for adults. It doesn't pander too far to the kid's side. It doesn't pander too far to the adult side, obviously. And the the consensus on this film is it is just fun. It's a good time at the movie, something to share with your kids. Or if you just want to go enjoy just watching a cute CGI bear run amok and do a lot of funny things. this is one for you and your family to check out. Uh, in April 2015, David Heyman, the producer of Paddington, confirmed that he would produce the sequel of the film. It was also announced that Paul King would return to direct and co-write with Simon Furnaby. Uh, pro- like I said, Heyday Films is due to Canal produce the film, and they definitely have a runaway hit with this one. Uh, they're looking to reproduce the success they had in the first one. So... We'll see how it goes. And weirdly enough, Hugh Grant's been getting a lot of praise for his very small but strong supporting role as the character's villain, I would say. Uh, not. I haven't heard anything about this. I haven't, about like who he, like the story of Paddington. I'm not really familiar with it. The premise for the sequel though, is that Paddington now happily settled with the Brown family and a popular member of the local community, picks up a series of odd jobs to buy the perfect present for his Aunt Lucy's 100th birthday, only to have the gift be stolen. And then hijinks ensue, and you follow the CGI bear around. Um, So, on Rotten Tomatoes right now, this has 100%. No joke. This has a higher rating than The Post directed by Steven Spielberg. Now, is that accurate I can't tell I do know a lot of people did like Paddington 1 and it looks like tons of people like Paddington 2 so I am going to be checking this out this weekend and I would suggest that you do as well The Commuter is an action thriller starring Liam Neeson, Vera Farmiga, Patrick Wilson, Jonathan Banks, Elizabeth McGovern, and Sam Neill and follows a man who gets caught up in a murder conspiracy after meeting a mysterious woman while on his daily commute on the train. This is a typical Liam Neeson action thriller. The man has done so many at this point and doesn't seem to want to slow down on them. The film premiered in New York City on January 8th, 2018, with releases in the United States on January 12th by Lionsgate and the United Kingdom on January 19th to be coming up soon Uh, by Studio Canal. It had a select IMAX release and it received mixed reviews from critics who called it familiar but praised Neeson and the genre thrills. Uh, The main plot for The Commuter is Michael McCauley, played by Liam Neeson, is an insurance salesman, sure, uh, who is on his daily commute home. A mysterious stranger contacts him and offers him $100,000 if he identifies a hidden passenger on his train before the last stop. As he works against the clock to solve the puzzle, he realizes he is caught in the midst of a deadly criminal conspiracy and that his life and the lives of his fellow passengers are at risk. Bum bum bum. Um, and the development behind this film uh, in January 2010, I don't know how to say his name perfectly, so I'm just gonna go for it. Olatunde Osunami? I'm not saying that right, I'm so sorry uh board of the film as director for the production company golden circle films with a screenplay written by byron willinger and philip de blasi more than a year later in august 2011 julian gerald was reported to be directing the film for golden circle and in january 2016 the now Director attached Juam Colette Serra closed a deal to direct the film, marking his fourth collaboration with Nissan, and was also reported to executive produce through Ombra Films with partner Juan Sola. Uh, Casting in 2015, it was announced that Neeson would be starring in the action thriller produced by Studio Canal. In June 2016, Vera Farmiga joined the cast in a role described as a mysterious woman who boards a commuter train and proposes an enticing opportunity to Neeson's character, one that has dire consequences if he accepts. Uh, The project marked the second working collaboration between Farmiga and Colette Serra after 2009's psychological thriller Orphan. And on June 13th, Sam Neill and Elizabeth McGovern and Jonathan Banks were added to their principal cast. So, this obviously is a no-brainer. It's a Liam Neeson action film. We've seen this happen many times before, just in different circumstances. Once he did that Taken franchise, all bets are off. I think he's done probably around eight or nine of these action films at this point. And again they're just turn your brain off kind of films i mean if you're an action junkie if you miss the days of old 90s 80s simple action film just want to see liam neeson blow some people up why not go have fun go drink a beer with a couple of your friends before going shoot the shit talk about your week go see this have a fun time, and then afterwards you can all bet each other on who does the better liam neeson impression <laughs> Okay, there you go, guys. Those are three films that you can go check out this weekend in your local movie theater. Thank you so much for listening. Please stay tuned for more content as I will be giving away my Netflix recommendations for you to check out this week, this weekend, whenever you have free time. Then after that, I will be doing the first in my Oscar hopeful review series, reviewing I, Tanya. So please stay tuned for more content.